trumpet sound as it's going to be an exciting exciting day I believe and I believe it's coming soon I don't know when it's going to be but I believe it's going to happen anytime go ahead and take your Bibles and turn to the book of Hebrews Hebrews chapter 4 before I read the scripture and get into the message I'm going to tell you the title of this message and don't let this title scare you all right and the title is let's take up the sword Let's take up the sword. Now, a lot of times you hear people, they'll use that term, and it means, all right, time to fight. Government's getting out of control. You know, let's get a, a militia going and see what we can do. Now, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about that, so don't get scared. But I am here today to tell you that if we are going to fix anything in this country, if we are going to make any kind of difference, we're going to have to take up the sword. We're going to have to take up the sword. But don't get scared. Let us read a passage of Scripture here. And I think you will see where I'm going with this and you will agree that it is time to take up the sword. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 says, For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, 
piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we've asked that You'll just be in this message today. Lord God, I pray You'll fill me with Your power. Lord, speak through me. God, I pray that You will use Your Word, Lord, to just make a difference in people's hearts. And I pray that they will be encouraged by this message and challenged, Lord. In Your name we pray. Amen. The Word of God is what I'm... When I talk about the sword today, I'm talking about the Bible. The Bible says that the Word of God, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Uh, you've all heard you know, the statement, you know, the pen is mightier than the sword. You know, talking about the power of the press. Well, let me tell you, the Word of God, it blows that away. The Word of God, the power that it has is more than we can even imagine. I believe that in, our, in my hand right here that, this is, that I have the Word of God. That He has given it to us. That it's here. And that it is powerful. And I believe that one of the reasons we're having the problems in this country today, one of the reasons we're having problems in the churches that we are today, is we are not using the most powerful weapon that we have, and that is the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. And we have we've got to put it to use. And I want to I want to attempt to try to give you an idea of just how powerful. And how mighty the Word of God is. I know that it cannot be done in human words, but I want to do the best I can to try to just give you an idea through the Scriptures of just how powerful the Word of God is. And then, if you could just realize that we have the ability to put it to use. And it has, and it's still going to have that same power. I think it really ought to motivate us and challenge us. But the Word of God has the ability to create. It has the ability to create. Now, I'm not saying that we have the ability or that we can take the Bible, but the Word of God is literally what made everything we know to be. The Word of God. God spoke this universe into existence. Think about it. That's all God had to do. He said, let there be light. And there was light. God said, you know, let there be a firmament. You know, God, let there, and, and uh, He made the stars also. He said, He spoke them into existence. That is the power of God that He has. With His own words, with His own mouth, He spoke this universe into existence. Genesis 1.31 And God saw everything that He had made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. The Word of God is I mean he he spoke it it was good god created a perfect world he created a, he created a, a paradise and in revelation chapter 21 we see there at the beginning of the bible god create you know we didn't go through the whole chapter but god creates everything in the universe but in revelation chapter 21 verse 1 i love this passage of scripture it says and i saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and first earth were passed away and there was no more sea and I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and He will dwell with them, and they shall be His people, and God Himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. 
And He said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And He said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He said, I make all things new. We see this. There's coming a day when God is going to make everything new. A new heaven and a new earth. One that doesn't have sickness and sorrow or crying. And the Word of God, it has the power to create. God spoke this world into existence. The whole universe into existence. Someday He's going to speak a new one into existence. But you know, the truth is, God is not, He doesn't get real excited about creation. God's not necessarily, right now, God is not in the business of creating new things. He's going to someday. He has done it in the past. But one thing that we see that God wants to do is God, God is interested in people. God is interested in us. And the Word of God here in the Bible tells us the story of creation because God is trying to show us something that He has the ability to do something that is equally amazing. And that is to take somebody like us and to be able to fix us. And The first creation that God made, we know it was corrupted by sin. The, there's there's groups out there. I've, I've talked about them before. I, I knew I worked with a guy that was a Christian scientist, and he did not believe in pain. He didn't didn't think it existed. It was all a lie. And I I used to want to just take a hammer and hit him in the foot with it. And when he started screaming, tell him to stop lying because there's no such thing as pain. And he always would you know quote verses from Genesis chapter one about how God made everything and that it was good. But if you read Genesis chapter 3, we see where man sinned. Man fell. Man brought sin into the world. Man corrupted the world. Because of man, we have sickness. We have sorrow. We have crying. But we see that someday, God is going to change that. And the truth is, our first body, our body that we have, it's been corrupted by sin. We are corrupted. We are sinners. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But God gave us that story of creation. He showed us in Revelation how He's going to make all things new to show us that He has the power through His Word to make us new, to change us, to fix us. He can do that. The worst person that you know out there, the Word of God is powerful enough that it can change their life. It can change them. It can take that that drunkard or that drug addict and it can make them a new person. He can make them the pastor of the church or the next missionary to a foreign country. He can do that. The word the word of God has that power that has that power. It can take the word of God has the power to take a marriage that is just about over, that is that is in a mess, that's ruined. Take two people that love each other but now hate each other and can fix that and restore that marriage and get them loving each other once again. And it can help them have good life. He can take that child that's living in sin and rebellious and away uh, away from God and disobedient to the parents and in trouble. And he can the Word of God can change that. And God proved that by showing us that He had the power that He has the power to speak this world into existence and to speak a new one into existence. And the Word of God shows us how our lives can be changed. What we need to do to have peace in our life and to be restored. We see that in the Bible. The Word of God has that power. The Word of God is also what made life. 
The Bible says in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, it says, And the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. It was God, through the power of His Word, that brought life into this world. I don't remember what the number was, but I know our country just spent millions of dollars to send something to Mars. And there, I mean, just millions and millions of dollars to send them to Mars because they're trying to find some kind of life on there. And they can't, they can't find any life. And they're, you know, they, they want to find, you know, they, they want so bad to find some life there and they can't find it. They're wondering, you know, why, what is it about Earth? Why is Earth the only place we find life? There's got to be life out there. There's got to be aliens out there. There's got to be something out there. I mean, you hear that stuff all the time. And they're spending millions of dollars trying to find any kind of life. Even if they could just find some microscopic bug, they would be thrilled to death to find some kind of life. But they don't understand that life, it consists not based on necessarily the atmospheric conditions and things, that it's God that created life. It was God that put life on this earth. God has no reason for life on any of the other planets. Therefore, it's just not there unless God unless God wanted it. Oh well, no, there's no life because of these, you know, the conditions, its distance from the sun, the temperature, the atmospheric levels. Listen, you know, there's no life there because God didn't put it there. If He wanted there, I'm not saying that there's no planet that doesn't have anything out there. I'm not, I'm not going to you know bust anybody's bubble and say there's no such thing as aliens out there. There's probably not, <laughs> but at the same time, if there is, because God put it there. God is the one that created life. He's the one that did that. This world that we live in, this this beautiful planet that we live in, that has that is just full of life. I mean, life everywhere in people, in plants, even in the bugs and things. Just life everywhere. It is here because of God. It is not an accident. He put it here through the power of His Word. And God can create life with His Word. And our life, it's a reminder, because our life was destroyed by sin. I just quoted Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We're sinners. We don't deserve salvation. I mean, we are, we're depraved people. I mean, we've seen, we can, we see all the time just how low people can get. I mean, we, you hear, you watch the news and you hear about the horrible murders and things that take place. That could be, any of us. Why do why do people do things like that? Because they're they're lost. They're sinners. And any of us, if we could get to that point, if we're not careful, we get too deep in sin. There's some things you mess with them. I mean, you are in danger of doing some horrible, horrible things. And a lot of times we'll look at that and think it's too late. There's nothing that can be done. People will look at themselves and say. There's no way God can straighten out my life. There's no way that God can fix me. There's no this Bible, the Word of God. There's no way it can be a help to me. There's nothing. There, it, it doesn't have anything for me. There's nothing can do for me. Wait a minute. We're talking about the God who breathed life into mankind. We're talking about the God that created the life that is on this planet. You think God can't? fix your life? You think He doesn't have the power to give you eternal life? I'm here today to tell you that the Word of God can do that. Our life was resurrected by the Word of God. 1 Peter chapter 2, 
verse 24. You don't have to turn the Bible. I want to read a few verses to you. First Peter 2.24 says, "...who His own self bare our sins in His own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed." The word, it was Jesus Christ, it was His shed blood for us that gave us, that, uh, that has the power to cleanse us of our sin. But how is it that Jesus' blood had the ability to save us from our sin? How was it that that worked? Well, it was by the Word of God. 1 Peter chapter 1, if you turn the chapter before that. I know I'm trying to get deep here, and sometimes when I get deep, I get in over my head and I get everybody lost and I get myself lost. And pray for me that I don't do that. I want to get this message across to you. But it says in 1 Peter 1.18, For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by the tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who by Him do believe in God that raised Him from the dead and gave Him glory that your faith and hope might be in God." seeing that ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth of the Spirit and unfeigned love of the brethren, see that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the Word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. By the Word of God. It's the Word of God that is, that's where the power comes from. That's why the blood of Jesus Christ was able to cleanse us because it was something that God had foreordained. It was something that God had planned. God had It was God's Word that had the plan for that final sacrifice to be made, for it to be the Son of God, for that Lamb without spot, without blemish. God said that that would be able to cleanse man of their sins. And so when Jesus did what God said to do, it worked. It was able to work. It had that power of God. When we do what God says to do, there can be no other result except for God's Word to come to pass. If God says something's going to happen, it's going to happen. It has it has that power. And God said if His Son died on the cross and He paid that sacrifice, that His blood will be able to cleanse us from our sins. And that blood, it got its power from the Word of God. It's the Word of God. That's where power. That's where the power comes from. That's where life comes from. That's where creation comes from. From the Word of God. God's Word resurrects. John chapter 11. I, I love this passage of Scripture. I, I love this whole chapter. John chapter 11. I Almost every message seems like I want to go to something in this passage. I, I just... I love it. I hope I can get this across to you. 11 verse 23 says, Jesus saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Now, I want you to notice here. This is the story of Lazarus. He's been dead. He's been dead four days. He's already starting to smell. It's too late. And Jesus has come there. And Mary and Martha, of course, they're glad to see Jesus. But they made that statement, Lord, if You had been here, our brother wouldn't have died. And Jesus makes a statement here. He says, Thy brother shall rise again. Remember, Jesus was God. When Jesus is speaking, He is speaking the words of God. He is the Word of God. John 1.1 said, In the beginning was the Word. 
and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus said that, brother, shall rise again. Now, I just want you to think about it. I'm not looking. You don't. You don't have to answer this, but it's how did Jesus resurrect Lazarus? How did he do that? You know, there were there were times when Jesus healed people that he touched them. There was the one man that was blind where Jesus he put he spit on the mud and he put the mud in the man's eyes and told the man to go wash. And when he washed himself, but you know how how did he do it? It's okay. It's okay to ask that question. I'm not. I'm not standing. I'm not trying to pretend that I can. I've scientifically got God figured out. I absolutely do not. But I want you to think about that. How did Jesus? How did Jesus resurrect him? We see that a little bit later that he goes there to the tomb and he says, "Lazarus, come forth." Was it? Was it those words? Or was it? Was it? Was it magic words? It simply was. I believe where the power came from when Jesus said, "Lazarus, come forth." Was in verse twenty-three when Jesus saith unto her, "Thy brother shall rise again." When God says something's going to happen, it is going to happen. That is, that's the power source, I guess you could say. We're trying, we're trying to discover a power source here. You know, where does God? You know, where does God's power come from? It comes from His Word. It comes. It comes. What, what God says, it happens. Where, where? What was the power source of Jesus Christ? How was He able to heal people like that? From the Word of God. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And it's the Word of God. That is the power source. When Jesus said, Thy brother shall rise again, it was going to happen. It had to happen. For it to not happen, Jesus would not be God. God would not be God. What God says, it has to come to pass. God does not make mistakes. God cannot lie. And Jesus said, Thy brother shall rise again. And we see in verse 24, And Martha said unto Him, I know that He shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in Me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in Me shall never die. Believest thou this? Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus was the Word of God. Jesus is God is the Word of God is where it all comes from. That's where the power is at. And He has the, and that is why He can resurrect our sorry souls. Because He said in His Word, God said, the Word of God says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You think that is too simple. How can I just Call on God and Him save me. Shouldn't all kinds of crazy things happen? No. God's Word said that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Therefore, if you call on the name of the Lord and you mean in your heart, there can be no other result other than you getting saved. There's absolutely nothing else that could happen. All Jesus did to raise Lazarus from the dead after that, He said, Lazarus, come forth. And He came forth. Jesus didn't go and do any magic trick. He didn't mix up some kind of potion and give him some life-giving tonic that would raise him. He didn't do anything like that. The power of His Word is all it was. And the Word of God, it can resurrect our soul. The Bible says that we were dead in our trespasses and sin. But thanks to God, to the Word, because of the Word of God, it gave us the power to 
come back to life spiritually. To go to heaven. We're, we are going to be in heaven someday. We are going to be like Christ. How? How can that work? How can God change this corruptible into incorruption? How can God do that kind of thing? Because He said so. Through the power of His Word, the very words, that, the very mouth that spoke this universe into existence said, if we will call on His name, that we'll be saved. It shouldn't be a surprise. Why, why are we not amazed? Why, why can we believe that God can create this universe, can speak into existence, but He can't save a soul? He can do that. It's not, it's not a problem for Him. And the truth is, that's what God is excited about doing. Jesus, He wasn't that impressed about raising Lazarus from the dead. I've said it before, because eventually Lazarus died again. But Jesus, He's in the business of resurrecting people spiritually, and He gave us these examples in His Word to prove that He had the ability to save our souls and to prove that He had the ability to, to change us and to fix us. But the Word of God, it can also heal. Remember, this world, it was created without sickness and pain. Seven times in Genesis chapter 1, God said that what He created was good. And the seventh time, He said it was very good. And man, but it was man that corrupted the earth with sin. But thank God He's going to fix that all someday through the power of His Word. He's going to fix it. There's going to be a new heaven and new earth we read about in Revelation chapter 21. And the healing that Jesus did during His earthly ministry, it was His way of showing us that He was God and it was proof that He had the power to do what He said He was going to do. Matthew chapter 8, verse 5. I love this passage of Scripture too. This great passage of Scripture, Matthew chapter 8, verse 5. It says, And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there met unto him a centurion beseeching him, and saying, Lord, my servant lieth home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus saith unto him, I will come and heal him. So he wants Jesus to heal him. He says, All right, I'll come. I'll show up. I will go to your house and I'll heal him. I'll, I'll touch him. I'll lay hands on him. I'll. I'll do whatever Jesus said. I'll do that. But in verse 8, the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that Thou shouldst come under My roof, but speak the word only, and My servant shall be healed. He said, Lord, just, just say that He'll be healed. This may, and then notice what Jesus said about that. Or in verse 9, it says, For I am a man under authority, having soldiers unto me, and I say unto this man, Go, and he goeth, and another come, and he cometh, and to thy servant do this, and he doeth it. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. Jesus was amazed here. He's like, I haven't seen faith like this yet. Not in Israel. This was not a Jew. This was not one of the Israelites. He was a centurion. And this man had faith that impressed Jesus. And his faith was in the Word of God. He said, Speak the Word only, and My servant shall be healed. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. Jesus didn't even have to show up at that person's house. He just said, just spoke it. There was one woman who came to Jesus whose daughter was sick. And Jesus told her, Thy daughter is whole. And she went home. And she was fine. She was whole. That was all He had to do. Sometimes He would go. Sometimes He would lay hands on But the truth is, the power came from His Word. He would just, he would just say, Be thou cleansed. 
and they were cleansed. He just he just he said it. That he didn't do any kind of ritual on him. The power of his word is what heals. And the healing that he did during his earthly earthly ministry is his way of showing us that he's God and he has the power to do what he said. He can heal the hurt that is in our life. I imagine in a crowd this size, there's people in here that you've got something right now. I mean, you got things that are causing you to hurt. Pain, emotional pain maybe, maybe even physical pain. Listen, God can heal that. And he does it through his word. That's why we need that's why we need to study this Bible. He shows us things in there that, that can help us and that can change our lives and that can fix things. Think my you know, I I have no hope. My life can't be fixed. Go do what the Bible says to do. Your life will be fixed. Your life can be made whole. So we trust God. We believe that God can save our souls, but we don't believe that He can fix our lives. He can do that, and He does it through the power of His Word. The very thing that God used to create this universe has been given to us to use for His glory. Listen, this Bible, first verse we read, the Word of God is quick and powerful. That word quick means alive and sharper than any two-edged sword. This Bible that I hold in my hands, if we will take it and do what it says to do, it can only have the results that God said it would have. That's it. Listen, I'm not saying we can take the Bible. Okay. Alright. Well, we'll see. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Lord, I want a million dollars right now. Okay? Well, obviously, you need to do a little more reading. We got we do things that are according to His will. We do things to His glory. It's not about our will. Even Jesus, He didn't come to do His own will. He said, "I came not, but to do the Father's." When He prayed in the garden, He said, "Lord, not my will, but Thine be done." And what we need to do today is, I'm, the reason I'm saying it's time to take up the sword. If we are going to fix our nation, if we are going to fix our own personal lives, if we're going to have a kind of church that God wants us to have, we're going to have to take up the sword. We're going to have to say, okay, we know what what kind of church does God want us to have? Let's we better do what God said to do. And if we do what God says to do, then we're going to have a kind of then it's going to, it's going to have to work. What kind of life does God want me to live? What does God expect from me? You know, I'm going to go to the Bible. I'm going to find out. I'm going to, I'm going to, and I'm going to do what God said to do. What does God want for this nation? How can we fix our nation? Is it to, you know, do we need to elect a new president? Yes. Uh, when I, I was out knocking doors this week, and I could tell people sometimes they get nervous when I come up there. They think I'm, you know, there to I'm campaigning for somebody. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not. I told I told one person I was like, it's like you know I'm all for campaigning and trying to you know elect the right people. I'm all I'm all for that. I said, but honestly, if the if America is going to have revival, it's not going to come from Washington. It's going to start with God's people. And I'm not I'm not saying anything against efforts to try to elect the right people, but what we need to do is do what the Bible says to do. Second Chronicles says, "If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven." And will forgive their sins and heal their lands. God told us what we need to do in this country. He didn't say, "Well, if my people will elect the right candidates." No, He said, "If my people, my people, so God's people, if the saved people will humble themselves, if we'll pray, 
if we'll if we'll turn from our wicked ways, if we'll stop our sin. Listen, it's not going to be when all the perverts and things are out there when they quit doing their sin. It's not going to be when all the politicians stop being corrupt and start being honest. It's going to be when God's people clean up their act. When we do that, then God will He'll forgive our sins and He'll heal our lands. God will bless our country. He told us what we need to do. God told us what we need to do to have the right kind of church. We need to do things like spreading the gospel, sharing the sharing the gospel. We need to do things, you know, like being faithful to the house of God. We need to do things like studying our Bible and then putting into practice the things that we learn. And when we do that, there's power that comes with it. Listen, I don't have the power myself to lead a church. None of us in here, we don't have the power to start a church and to have the kind of church like God wants us to have. We don't have that power, that ability in us. We don't. But the Word of God does. And that's why I try so hard on purpose. And I know that's the desire of you folks here to make sure that whatever we do, that it's according to the Bible. Because I understand how limited I am. I understand the faults that I have. But I also understand the power of God. And that if as an individual, and if as a church, if we will do the things according to God's plan, as the way He said to do it in this book, then there's going to be power with that. Some amazing things can happen. Listen, I don't have the ability to change anybody's life, but the Word of God does. That's why I share the Gospel with them. That's why when I when I try to counsel with somebody or try to help somebody, I don't just give them a whole bunch of you know comforting words from me. I try to give them Scripture. Because that's what's going to make the difference. And when we do things that line up with the Bible, it has the power of God behind it. The same power that spoke this universe into existence. The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. The same power that was able to heal lepers and raise people from the dead. It has That same power can be ours. And we've got to put it to use. We've got to put it to use. We've got to follow it. I'm not talking about just taking one verse out of context. That's why we need to follow the whole Bible. That sometimes people they'll claim verses and they'll uh, they'll go off of one verse and it's like, well, wait a minute, you know, have you read the rest of that? Did you did you read that whole passage? Because yeah, there's a little more to it than that. We've got to, we've got to uh, rightly divide the word of truth, study to show thyself approved of God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. It's it's a big job. Listen, I'm not saying that uh, you know we're, you're, you know, just go read one verse and you're going to walk out of here with all the power in the world. But I am telling you that as you study this Bible and as you do more and more of it, then it's just going to keep getting better. As a church, we're going to, uh, as as we try to grow in Christ, the more that we do, the better it's going to get. We've got the power of God behind us. We've got the Word of God. Behind us, I thank God that He gave us His Word, that He gave us His book, and it's time today that we need to take up the sword and we use the sword by doing the things that are written in it. When we obey the Word of God as an individual, a church, or a nation, there can be no other alternative but for us to have the blessings of God fall upon us. But when we disobey it, there can be no other alternative but judgment, but failure. If we get if we get away from the Bible, if we start doing things that are against the Word of God, it's not going to work. It's it's going to end bad. 
God said, God has He's laid it out for us in His Word. Too many people today, they're always trying to find loopholes and find ways around Scriptures that they don't like. Listen, that can't be done. It's not going to work. We've got to take it and we've got to follow it and obey it. And when we do, we can see some amazing things happen. We've already seen some amazing things happen here. And that comes because not through any power that we have, it's the power of the Word of God. Prayer is something that we do not take advantage of like we should. The power of prayer. I mean, when we... And remember, it's... We got we got to do things according to the will of God. But if well, if it's if something is God's will, if God has told us to do something in His work, and we go and we do those things and we pray for those things, it has to be answered. It, it has to happen. And God has made it. There's some things that are very clear. God has made it clear what He wants us to do as a church. He wants us to spread the gospel. He wants us to teach. All things which were repented. He wants us to be baptizing people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. He told us to do that. He commissioned us to do that. And He said, Lo, I am with you always, even to the ends of the earth. He's always going to be with us. If we're doing all those things as a church, if we are actively doing those, He's going to be with us. And if He's with us, there's going to be blessings that go with it. That's why I, I, I we... we Try to make everything symbolic in the Bible. That's what we need to take it. We need to take it literally. That's why we're going to go do that study through the book of Revelation. He said, Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things that are written therein, for the time is at hand. Right there. You say, We're going to get blessed just for teaching through the book of Revelation? Yes. How? The power of the Word of God. Revelation 1.3 Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words. Over that time period, we are going to read every single one of these verses in here. We are going to hear all of them. I'm going to read them all out loud. We're going to read them. We're going to hear them. And it says, and keep those things which are written there. And one of the things we're going to do while we're going through this passage, because a lot of it's prophecy and stuff, there's really not a I don't see a whole lot of commands or anything in there. But one of the things that we're going to do is we're going to watch for commands and things that we can do. Things that apply to us as we go through there. And then we're going to talk about, okay, now how can we do these things? And if we do that, just as sure as I am that there is a God, you're going to be blessed. How? I don't know. But you know, I'll take whatever blessing I can get. God, God, God will bless our church. He has to. He said it in His Word. God does not go back on His Word. God has to do what He said He would do. God has put Himself under authority to His own Word. We see that in the Bible. He's exalted His Word above His name. They say a man is only as good as His Word. Well, if God lies to us, if God's like, well, you know what? Uh, I'd rather I'd rather not bless Liberty Baptist Church for doing what I said in Revelation. And I'm God; I can do that if I want. No, He won't do that. God doesn't go back on His word, and we ought to, and we need we need to take these things literally and on purpose as an individual. I challenge all of you to take the Word of God this week. Just take it sometime and read through it and say, "Lord, show me something that I can do 
that I can put into practice. Lord, show me something. And then just and then constantly keep adding. Keep adding. And God's going to keep blessing. Keep blessing. You have the power of the Word of God behind you. Let's take up the sword. Let's all stand together with our heads bowed and eyes closed.